This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's bring in Mike Agarbo, the host of the App Show, to tell you about what's happening in the world of technology. If you want to dive deep with Mike, you can always find his show Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-audio. And you can find Mike in Vancouver, British Columbia. Hello, Mike. Good morning. So, Mike, let's start in the world of finance. Where Wise, a UK-based fintech company, financial tech company, has introduced an Interact e-transfer feature in Canada. So, Mike, let's start here. Is this feature similar to other transfer services provided by major financial institutions in Canada? Uh, yes and no. Uh, this card is really aimed at people that uh, do traveling. So if you're going uh, international or even just going down to the States, this offers a, a really easy and cost-effective way to transfer funds from Canadian dollars into whatever currency that you uh, want. Once you sign up, uh, you get a, a digital uh, cart that you can put in your uh, Apple wallet or your Google wallet. And they also send you a, a physical card uh, as well. It's a prepaid Visa debit card that you can basically load up. And the idea is that uh, when you want to transfer some money, for example, over into U.S. funds, you just go into the app and you do the transfer. And the great thing is the exchange rate is really, really competitive. It's uh, better than uh, uh, a lot of the banks out there and also a lot of those exchange houses uh, as well. So from a convenience factor, it is fantastic uh, when uh, traveling. And now they've made it even easier with this uh, Interact uh, uh, transfer feature so that you can get money, your Canadian money, uh, onto the card uh, very simply. Yeah, that's one of the things that's really interesting here because typically it can be quite difficult to transfer Canadian funds outside of Canadian institutions if you are taking a trip abroad. So tell me a bit more about WISE as a company. What exactly are they offering in Canada? How popular are they in Canada? Is it relatively easy to open an account in Canada? It's uh, stupid simple, to be honest. Um, you know, they're basically just kind of a uh, a, a currency conversion uh, company, just trying to make it easy. And uh, uh, they've uh, been operating for a, a few uh, years uh, now. Uh, I've uh, been using my card, uh, you know, for the past uh, eight months. And what I love is once I've got the money into whatever currency, whether that's, uh, you know, UK pounds or US dollars, once I visit that country, it just acts like a, a regular debit card. You can take money out very easily in the ATMs, and you can also use it uh, as a debit card in any uh, store as well. So just just from a, a travel perspective, this is uh, kind of my now must-have when I'm uh, going anywhere. Mike, I like that you're flashing your card here. Hopefully, uh, there's no nefarious individuals taking screenshots and marking down your number here. And, uh, and you know, oh, they, they can s- screenshot this all they want. The number's on the back. <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully, we broadcast in standard def, so it's pretty hard to pick up those numbers anyway. <laughs> We've come ah. to get you yet again. Uh, Mike, are there any other features about WISE that makes them perhaps an appealing option for someone to open an account? I think it's just a, a safe way to, you know, carry money around with you instead of carrying a bunch of cash, uh, you know, currency with you. I feel seen. Uh, I feel uh, seen. I tend to have a wad with me when I travel. A big, <laughs> a big, roll. a big wad and a passport, which seems, <laughs> which you think would make me a pretty easy target for nefarious characters. Well, you know, it, it's just saved me a lot of money because, you know, lately I've just 
been taking my regular debit card uh, with me, obviously, and uh, using that in ATMs. But, you know, you just get hosed on all the different fees, you know, the transaction fee, the exchange fee, uh, the ATM fee. You know, by the time the dust clears, you know, you're you're paying like 20 bucks, you know, just to, uh, you know, take, uh, you know, $50 out. So yeah. uh, this is a much better way to do it. Again, it's a, a wise card and it's really simple to go to their website and sign up. Maybe and they're I'm, not paying me to say that. Well, there you go. Well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking too far here, but this also sounds a little bit like an answer to some of the centralization questions that have that have sort of been so appealing around things like Bitcoin or other forms of crypto, which say it's a, li- it's a little easier to move currency around through those formats. But this, of course, offers the stability of actual currency. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you still have to have a bank to get currency onto the uh, the card, so uh, the bank's not going away anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, the, the bank is not going away anytime soon. They're well entrenched. But Mike, what's coming down the pipeline, the future of foldable phones are here. We've been talking all about the Samsung Unpacked event and the flips and the folds and the phones, and it seems like this is maybe something that is uh, working its way around and becoming more popular. So we had some reaction here from the Samsung Electronics mobile head, Rote Moon, who made some bold comments about the future of these phones. So what did Mr. Tay Moon have to say about the event? Well, obviously, uh, you know, they're very pleased with how well these uh, these phones have done. They're on their fourth generation uh, now. And uh, they um, have, I think, 62% of the market share in folding screen phones out there. There's not really a lot of competition. There's some Chinese manufacturers like Xiaomi and Huawei, but Samsung is dominating. Uh, You know, so... You know, they've been having a few challenges uh, in the flagship phone market. Uh, Apple's kind of slowly eating away uh, market share in uh, that uh, space. So this is kind of a a welcome, uh, you know, good news that these these, uh, folding screen phones are doing well. Mike, I know it's only been about a week since we saw these phones released. I'm curious, has there been any reaction from folks who've maybe gotten their hands on them for some uh, demo material? Yeah, we've had a chance to actually uh, put them through uh, their paces at our studio. I They're fantastic. I mean, they haven't really done any revolutionary changes to them, you know, since the first uh, three, uh, you know, kind of just like little iterative changes. You know, they're obviously trying to make them more durable, stronger. The screen is 40, 45% more durable. Uh, but, you know, other than that, uh, not significant changes. Uh, you know, the, uh, the bigger uh, tablet one has a, a bit of a better camera in it, but uh, that's kind of about it. A little bit smaller, uh, but it's interesting. You know, the uh, the chairman, uh, you know, basically is uh, predicting by 2025 uh, that, uh, you know, these folding screen phones will, uh, you know, be more than 50% of their flagship uh, phone sales wow. for Samsung. Wow. So that's pretty significant. That That's a bold prediction. Do you think the market interest and the market desire for that is there? Great question. I mean, I love both of them. I think they're, you know, great feats of uh, engineering. Uh, They're sleek and beautiful. Uh, You know, I do love the smaller one, the flip phone um, or the Flip Z. And uh, it it just fits so nicely in the pocket when it folds out. It's got a beautiful screen. The cameras uh, are nice. Um, They've done well with them. I think they'll continue to do well. The biggest uh, obstacle, uh, you know, just pricing. Uh, and I think they've done a good job with the smaller one. It's uh, around $1,250 Canadian, which is a lot. But when you're looking at, you know, the higher end, you know, iPhones and like the Samsung Galaxy S22s, the price is right in there. So yeah. price isn't a barrier on that one. The larger one, it's still pricey. It's over $2,000. So it's kind of more, 
aimed at uh, you know people that want that tablet uh, in in their pocket. But um, you know, I think they're kind of on the right road. I don't know if Apple ever will release a folding screen phone. Maybe they think they don't have to at this point, but. Um, you know, this is kind of a, a product differentiator for Samsung. One last question here. You said you put them to the paces, and I apologize if I missed you mention it. How would you rate the durability or the feel of sturdiness of the phone? Because that was one of the concerns in the early iterations of these phones. I mean, they're solid. That hinge is solid. The screen seems solid as well, surprisingly uh, solid. Um, you know, the only thing that we, we see potential issues with, uh, you know, we actually had one of our friends, the purchased, uh, uh, you know, the larger one, the fold, and he basically said, sand is not its friend. Don't Ooh. go to the beach. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Don't go to the beach generally. That's where the sharks are. Uh, Mike, That's let's true. jump into one more topic here and stop me if you've heard this one before. Large company plans to start new streaming service. This time it's Disney. Of course, they already have Disney Plus, but now they want to launch an ad-supported streaming service in the U.S. in December. So what do we know about this ad-supported streaming service? Disney is on a tear right now. They are killing it. Uh, I think uh, recent uh, results, they're now over 250 million subscribers worldwide uh, between their different streaming services. So that's uh, Disney Plus, Hulu, and they also have ESPN. Uh, but they realize that some people don't want to pay as much, and that's why they're going to re release this uh, ad-supported network for uh, a cheaper price. So uh, they are past Netflix now when they combine their three properties uh, together. Uh, so, you know, they, they're on uh, the right track. There's a little bit of uh, finagling with the numbers there, though, because a lot of people have the package of the three yes. the three things, the Hulu, the ESPN, and the Disney together. So to count that as three different subscriptions, that's uh, a little bit like playing with the numbers, fudging with the numbers. But I'm, but I'm willing to accept the point because the content inside Disney Plus is like incredible, incredible stuff. Just the vast library of studios that they have. And the fact is any parent of a kid under 12 is probably pretty happy to have the Disney Plus to put on. Any notion of what the pricing is going to look like on the ad-supported side? I know we're still kind of waiting on what Netflix wants to do on that front. We know it already exists for companies like Peacock. The fact is Amazon Prime already has pre-roll ads inside their streaming service. And any sense of what the price point is going to be here for the ad-supported streaming? Well, they're being a little uh, uh, tricky cagey? with it. Cagey? Uh, ca well, not even cagey. Um, they're raising the price of their, um, you know, the, the their Disney streaming service up by a couple of bucks uh, U.S. So I think what they're going to do is they're raising the price of the existing service. And if you want the ad supported service, it'll be the same price as it is now. Oh, essentially. oh so I think like seven ninety nine U.S. Sneaky, sneaky, it is kind sneaky. of it is kind of sneaky. There is no question uh, on on that. But um I think it will help them increase their subscriber base. You know, they're like on an upward tick right now. Netflix, uh, you know, they're kind of plateauing. We'll have to see how that all affects them in the next year or so. Yeah, yeah. Market share is an interesting concept, right? Because Netflix was this industry leader for so, so long that at a certain point, how much more growth can you get once you have subscribers in the billions which they, I think they said in one of the reports, it's like 1.1 billion households in the world had access to Netflix. Like that is a, a stunning number. At a certain point, you, you just can't grow any further. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? You know, that's why they're looking. Uh, you know, they've got I think 220 million subscribers, but when you factor in, uh, you know, the people sharing accounts and, and things like that, uh, you know, I think that's where they're trying to find their next bit of growth because they're going to try to crack down on the sharing of accounts yeah. by charging their uh, uh, subscribers, uh, you know, a little bit extra for that to to happen. So, uh, you know, they're trialing that down in a few South American countries uh, right now, and you know. You'll see that coming up into Canada yeah. and the U.S. Yeah. next year. I, I know my Netflix currently runs at about $20 a month, give or take, which I find is uh, quite pricey. And I will say, if, if they could probably drop to a number that looks a little closer to Disney, which would say, let's say, $7.99 for an ad-supported service, I would do it. My one condition, Mike, I only want pre-roll ads. Do not mess with my content in the middle. They'll mess with your content in the they middle. They will do the YouTube <laughs> and sure. mess with my content in the middle. But I know you know their price will. isn't going to go down. Yeah, their price isn't going to go down significantly. You know, the ad-supported network maybe it'll go for ten dollars. Um, the only thing that is sure is Disney's going to raise their prices as they get more content into their system. Yeah. And already they're bundling, uh, you know, their three services together. That price isn't going up. They're trying to get people to get the bundle, the three services, yeah. you know, the yeah. blue ESPN and Disney plus. Well, that ESPN plus, if you're a sports fan is quite useful because you never know when you want to watch Hawaii play a midnight game on a college football Saturday as you're chasing your 3 PM losses. But uh, before we go too deep into my Saturday habits, let's say goodbye to you, Mike, Mike, have a great day. See you later, alligator. That's Mike Agri in a wild crocodile. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.